the business bubble. Hello, guys, again in another episode of the business bubble. I am so excited in this one. Well, I'm always excited, but in this one episode, <laughs> I am way more excited than usual. And it's because of all the things that are happening around me. You know, like, I don't know if it's because I'm young and a lot of things happen at the same time. I'm 22, you know, and maybe, you know, getting into, into the workforce, maybe getting into into different transition in life and um, just finding myself and trying to develop my, my own self professionally and spiritually and, and personally and, and in a lot of different senses, you know, so, so it's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool to see that. And in this episode, I have uh, three things to talk about, actually. <laughs> I have an announcement, and that's the first thing. So basically, guys, I want to say that this is a great blessing. The Hubble team has appointed me as the new leader. So that's amazing. I I don't consider myself a CEO, honestly. Like, seriously, I was talking with my best friend's dad. He is a hardcore entrepreneur. He has his own business. He is a businessman. He, he He's great at what he does, and I respect him a lot. Well, what he says is that I shouldn't, and we shouldn't, a startup shouldn't, and maybe not a startup, but, like, you know, a small business should not really have... A lot of names, you know, for directives and executives, because it's just right now an idea that is being put into test. So, um, I mean, meaning that you shouldn't get all up on your high horse. You should be humble and just think of it as a group effort or, you know, if you're working with a group or as a solo effort or, or just as a leader, you know. So that's why I see myself. I see myself as a leader that the people have recognized in, in the organization, and, and that's why they appointed me as the leader, so that's pretty cool, it's pretty awesome. I'm very excited and, you know, kind of nervous at the same time because it's such a big responsibility, but I love it. You know, the thing, the weird thing about life and about the things that I've been doing lately is that when you have responsibility on your shoulders, yes, it can be a burden, but it is so gratifying and it's so satisfying when you're able to complete things and you're able to make other people's lives better, you know? Other people rely on you. Other people kind of hope with you and and they want to take the boat to the same place, to the same final destination. <laughs> and you are the one that they appointed as the captain or the leader or whatever or the guy who's like in front, you know? The guy who is leading the effort. So that's pretty amazing. I, I like to see it as that. And I think that it's a very strategical deci decision right now because I am in love with the Lean Startup methodology. I've, I've almost finished the book, <laughs> but I basically know exactly what it needs to be done. Let's see. Not exactly, but, you know, like I get the gist of it because I read like the middle of the book and almost almost all the book, you know, so so I know about the build, measure, learn feedback loop. I I am in love with the with the whole methodology because I think it's practical. I think that you can create amazing things testing it against the market because the market is the market is the market. They are going to decide what's valuable and what's not. That's going to bring some reality, you know, to a business. So if you can prove your point, your hypothesis, if you can prove your business model as well against a market, against the market, and they deem it as valuable, then you have 
pretty good data. You have realistic data of customers, of clients that have worked, that have, you know, spoken to you about some things that you did right or wrong. They give you the feedback. And that's what it's amazing about the Lean Startup methodology. It's really practical. It's really real. It's it's lean. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, yeah. So I'm very excited to be able to... Um, lead this first experimentation. I, I think lead this first iteration, you know, in the lead starter methodology because we're almost, almost, almost done with the, with the MVP. We're going to be handling the Hubble services for design, actually, at the very beginning. Not all of them as we had anticipated because of different things, different factors, and time, basically. I, we just have to move right now, you know? We, we have to do things right now or we're not going to do anything. <laughs> so I... I I was desperate <laughs> for us to do something, and thankfully they gave me the green light. So now I'm running kind of the show. So kind of running the show. So so very happy for that, and very nervous at the same time. It's a huge responsibility, um, but nevertheless. So uh, we're going to be doing our first big leap, our first big um, say like iteration, as I said, and. What we're going to be doing is, first of all, we have to finish the MVP this week. Then next week, and uh, yeah, basically next week, we're going to be able, well, next and a half week, we're going to need to recruit possible producers and possible, consu and, um, possible consumers, you know, prospects. So we're going to have to be looking for early adopters and for producers, meaning students, you know, that they can, um, that can, do these kinds of design services and a good news we already have two possible very interesting early adopters one of them is my third cousin which is almost nothing to me um <laughs> but he is uh he's a great guy he's got his own small business he he does events for children for for children's parties so for kids parties <laughs> and um so, you know, he's got this big bouncy castle and he's got the food and he's got trampoline. And, you know, he basically sets it all up for you. It's called Mas Que Brincos. And I think it's a great idea. You know, a lot of people do it, but his take on it, his approach on it is is really cool. He's a really nice guy, honestly. I fully recommend him. Check him out. Shouting him out right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He is very interested because his small business, you know, uh, he, the, he already has got the logo. Oh, by the way, the Hubble services are as follows. Are, I think I, I said this in a, in an episode back then, but uh, first of all is branding, which is corporate image, basically creating uh, uh, a manual for, for the corporation's image, you know, for the logo, for the ISO logo, for everything. Um, the second thing would be, Digital posts, meaning, I mean, everything's going to be digital, but it's going to be for digital mediums, meaning social media, basically. And the third one is digital posts for printed mediums, like banners, um, uh, business cards, and and the like. So basically, Masquerinkos, my cousin, right? His name is Esteban, Esteban Agustin. Um, he needs, well, he doesn't need it, but he really wants a banner, a roller-up banner. So so I offered him that, and he was interested in that. But the determinant factor would be the price. He is very tight right now on money. So <laughs> so depending on the price, he will get in it or not. Um, so yeah, that's one. And the second thing is that he's also 
a consultant. He is um, an accountant consultant. Yeah. Uh, so so it's pretty cool, right? And he he wants to start his own thing, you know, as well. I mean, like in a more formal way. So in that case, I proposed the idea of the corporate image, meaning branding, you know, getting everything from scratch to him uh, so that he can, you know, start out and have an image and have a logo and everything. So, so he was very interested in those two services for those two particular reasons. And uh, th that would be our first early adopter. Our second early adopter would be Francisco's sister. Um, Francisco it was the former leader, you know. So he is right now very tight on time. And, you know, he's got he's starting out in PNG as a work as a as a almost project manager. It's, it's quite amazing, honestly. I mean, he's a great manager for sure. I know that he has to travel a lot. He has to travel like hour and a half to get to his house and back. Uh, and, and get to PNG and back. So, you know, it's really it's really tight for him. Um, and those were basically some of the reasons why he kind of said, you know what, guys, I'm sorry I can't keep doing this right now, but I still want to be, you know, pushing together with you all. And, and I would be, you know, he basically said that he would like somebody else to take the role of leader. So, um, you know, thankfully... Uh, people gave me that role. And just as I was saying in just a couple of episodes back, I really wanted leadership positions, you know, because of the thing of, of responsibility. Even if it's a burden to you, you feel accomplished. You can test things. You 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 have other people looking up to you in a sense, in the sense of like, you know, they, they trust you. They trust you in that way. And it's amazing to be able to deliver on that trust because just because... When you do that and you see the look on people's faces, you just see like, oh, my gosh, I just made something amazing for me and for everybody here. So it's so great. It's like it's like a team. you know, It's like a team sport, but in a grand scheme of, of, of the world. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Sorry, I'm really going off on a tangent here. So um, Lean Startup Methodology. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, the the second early adopter would be Francisco's sister. She has a a shop. I think it's like a beauty salon for for pets. Yeah. And um, she might be needing something. So, I'm actually waiting because Francisco told me just today that she was kind of interested, uh, but she just had to give it some thought and see what we could offer her. So that's pretty cool. Um, so you know. I really want to do a great job being a leader, and for my future, I really want to be a great executive. I really want to be a guy who can call the shots, who other people can trust, who other people can can really come to terms with, and I want to be that, that great executive. So there's a book that was recommended by Tim Ferriss called The Effective Executive, and um, I started to not read it because I don't really read that much. I'm not a very, you know, reading type of person. I'm more of a listener. I I listen to podcasts and audiobooks uh, on my way to work. Oh, by the way, I started work, by the way, this week as well. You know, a lot of different changes, a lot of different transitions. Um, so, yeah, I listen to uh, podcasts and audiobooks when I'm on my way to work and when I'm on my way home. <laughs> so... So I really, you know, take advantage of the time that I'm just sitting down and, and driving, doing basically nothing. <laughs> um, and I started to listen to the first two uh, episodes, two first chapters of the book. Um, 
pretty amazing, honestly. I mean, if you read some of the summaries that the book has, is it really gets you like going. So, so I really appreciate Tim Ferriss for recommending it, and uh, I really recommend it as well for everybody who wants to be some sort of leader in the future. It doesn't have to be a business leader. It has it has to be just a leader, you know, just somebody who is leading an organization and, um, and yeah, making things happen, the right things happen. Okay, so. Um, after that, I think that even though I really want to be a good executive, you know, I think that I have some weak points. I definitely have some weak points. I mean, everybody does, but I definitely know I do have one, have three actually that I know for sure that I have, I probably have more, but the thing is that my weak points are, or it can be, and not in an interview like way, you know, it's like, like, you know, when people they get asked in interviews like, hey, what are your three weaknesses or three things that you think you could, you know, get better at? So, you know, that is also a way how people can make themselves look good <laughs> when they were supposed to, you know, make themselves look bad in a sense because they, they take advantage of that that opportunity. So, for example, in a classical interview question, uh, I would respond or somebody else would respond like, oh, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a perfectionist. So, you know, I really like to complete my work in the best way possible. And sometimes I, I get tired because I just can't stop thinking about the work and how good is it going to be. You know, so you frame it as something that is actually good for the organization, which, you know, most of the times is BS. <laughs> for sure, it was BS. And in my case, what I used to say was the hard truth. Like, number one, I'm not disciplined. Number two, I get I'm pretty late on everything. <laughs> and number three, um, I'm kind of like stagnated, you know, like I don't like to move that much, which is kind of false. I mean, true and false. I'm like kind of moderate on it, um, honestly. And I just found out recently. Okay, but the things that my uh, that I recognize as weak points right now as an executive, as a, as, an, as a leader, are three things. The first one is that I'm not disciplined with my own schedule and and – Basically, it has to do with time management. So a big part of the, actually chapter two of the book of the effective executive is called Know Thy Time, meaning great executives manage their time great. I mean, they, they, they manage it almost to the point of perfection. <laughs> of course, you can never get perfection, but you basically cancel. I'm sorry. You basically eliminate everything that is a time waster for you. You take advantage of every single minute. You time yourself, first of all, actually. You time yourself to see where you're spending all your time. And that way, when you analyze it, you can pretty much point out which activities are time wasters and which activities are 100% pivotal and um, you know oriented to, to results or opportunities. And that is a big thing for me. I really have to be able to regulate my schedule more I, i'm just coming from vacation so you know i've had three days of waking up in the morning type of like seven through eight sort of um so so i really have to wake up i gotta go to work i have to come back and then i finally realized after all that that my time is very limited honestly i mean it is really limited honestly i just repeated that <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's because it's so true and I just figured it out. <laughs> so I really have to manage my time um, better. That's number one. Number two would be that in the back of my mind, I want to be friends with everybody. You know, I'm a, I, as a good Costa Rican, como un buen tico, you know, as people would say here, I want to get along with everybody and I want to be, you know, in good terms with everybody else. In the, you know, whenever you can do it, you should, you should do it. But there are times where you can't. There are times where you have to say or tell somebody the cold, hard truth and confront them. That is the best possible scenario. You know, the truth will always, always yield the best possible outcome of a situation, even if it doesn't look like it. You know, truth always wins. Truth is the best thing that you can deliver always to anybody. And I live by that foundation. I live by that premise. So so it's not a big weakness because I think I'm really getting better at it, at it ever since actually since like a year or more. And um, yeah, I really like that. I really like that. You would be surprised at how much. It helps to say the truth. Of course, you're not going to tell somebody that they suck in a very horrible way. You're going to tell them in the most objective and try in a constructive way possible. But you will have to say it. I mean, you should. <laughs> I 100% recommend it. And the third one would be obviously some, uh, I mean, a huge weakness that I have as an executive, as a leader, is my lack of experience. I'm inexperienced. I'm 22 years old. What the heck do I know about the world? What what do I know about management, about finance, about about business building? I just read a book that says the lean, lean startup methodology and if, I mean although it has some great points and you can you know do some amazing things with that if you put it into practice, I still don't know crap about anything. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not an expert. As as I said in my business bubble introduction, I'm not an expert. I'm I'm not an expert at building businesses. I'm not a I'm not a consultant. I'm not nothing. I'm just a guy who just came out of college, starting his first job. Which, by the way, I've been in three days by now as an intern, and um, you know I'm just trying to learn and and trying to do my thing in the world. So. So yeah, and I really hope that this can empower or help other young people who are maybe in the same position or who are thinking about doing something as me or just just watching me or hearing me because of it, you know, just is because it's entertaining. <laughs> But uh, or some other old old uh, profile of of a guy who who you know might be wondering how to build a business or a startup or or you know how, what what my perspective on the whole matter is. So it's it's pretty interesting, you know. I think that even though you're not an expert at something, you still have your perspective. You've got your perspective. And your perspective, you know what's great about it? It's unique. Nobody has the exact same perspective as you have because, because nobody is exactly the same as you. And you experience things and you see things differently that you can then share with the world, which I'm doing right now. And people can get value from that. In some way, in some sense, maybe somebody in i don't know africa or or europe i think i mean i know that people in europe they listen to me romania actually and india at the same time maybe somebody over there is really having a hard time deciding if they should start it or not maybe somebody is completely oppressed by 
the opinions of other people. They're completely suppressed mentally, physically, emotionally, and um, and they just need a little push. Maybe they just need to listen to a little more truth, a little more of perspective from a guy who is starting this out and doesn't really care about much in the world, which is a great relief, honestly. Um, and maybe that can push him or her to just start their own thing and really start their own happiness. Because happiness is not a destiny. I think it's a it's a way of living. You're either happy or not, period. <laughs> and I chose to be happy because why not? You got everything here. Okay, I'm getting a little bit too philosophical, so... I think I'm going to end this right now. Um, but either way, thank you so much for listening to this episode again. Thanks for all the support in YouTube and in all the different podcast mediums, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google and everywhere else. I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening to me. Thanks for joining me in this amazing journey, this amazing adventure in life. Take care. God bless you all, and bye-bye. I'll see you guys in the next one.